0: The Tanya of Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi, taught by Rabbi Ben Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg.
1: We're in the middle of page 74, he was explaining that uh, the Yud, the rabbi said with the Yud, the letter Yud, Hashem create created Olam Haba, Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, where the soul resides after, in the afterlife, he says, with the Yud, he creates Olam Haba, even though Olam Haba is really where the soul enjoys and absorbs and enjoys and receives pleasure from understanding and grasping Hashem. And how do you grasp Hashem? Grasping, understanding, should really be represented by the letter He, which is Bina, understanding. That's what gives a person pleasure. That's why it's called in the Garden of Eden. It's a place where the soul experiences indescribable pleasure. But he says, since the letters and words with which we grasp, comes, ultimately also comes as rooted in the letter Yud, as rooted in the Chachma. Because letters and words really come from a deeper place in the rational mind, the logical mind. And he's going to prove it from our own speech. That just like our own speech, the letters and words are really come from our subconscious. We're completely not aware, completely unselfconscious about the letters and words that we speak. We have no idea how we speak, how the letters and words are formulated. We can go through our entire life and really be completely clueless how we speak. For example, do you know how many Groups or families there are in speech, different sounds. Firstly, how many sounds are there all together? How many sounds do we are there? In any language, no. No, there are basic sounds.
0: 22.
1: 22 letters of Hebrew alphabet, 22 different sounds. Are the basic sounds that we have. It doesn't matter if it's it's in Russian or in Spanish or in Chinese or Korean, any language. The sounds are the same. B, or M, or N. The sounds are, they have 22 letters in Hebrew, 22 sounds. These sounds, in turn, are grouped in families, like different categories, different ways that produce different types of sounds. How many different types of sounds are there? Within each group, every letter is a little different, but in general, they're broken down into how many groups? Five. How did you know there are five? Well,
0: know. Five points of the mouth. It comes from this part, this part, different parts of
1: the mouth. The guttural, the okay. Teeth, um, teeth. Teeth. What I'm saying is it something that you noticed from your own speech or something that you once heard or learned or studied Hasidus or came to a Tanya class and you learned Both. <laughs> you learned it here Both. Ask the, stop the average person stop, uh, do an experiment stop on second avenue first avenue stop everyone on the way to the bar and ask them on <laughs> no, <not> the way <laughs> <out>. <laughs> on the way in, right you have to, you have to learn the name like, uh, lips, <laughs> As how many sounds there are, A, and B, how many families groups. or groups or categories there are. And they wouldn't, the average person wouldn't know what you're talking about. True. We wouldn't know what we're talking about. We just learned Tanya so we know. <laughs> we learned the Torah. The Torah tells us that there are five different types of, of letters. Families of sounds. For example, Bez, Vov, Mem, Pei. They all are similar because it's the lips bumping together. Bez, love, men, pay. Okay. Gimel, yud, Chaf, is a zag- guttural. Kuf comes from that. Dalid, tes, nun, tough, lamin, aleph, is that the tongue touching the back of the top teeth. Zayin, Samach, Shin, Leish, Tzad, is the tongue touching the palate, the top of the mouth, the the roof of your mouth. These different sounds come from different, the, the wind, the ear coming from your, the breath coming from your lungs. So the, the breath goes through either the guttural, the back of the, of the teeth. Then you have gimel, yud, chaf, kuf, the teeth knocking together. Gimel, yud, chaf, kuf. The teeth coming together. Or the tongue touching the back of the top row of teeth or the, 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 the roof of your mouth. But you know, most people, 99% of people go through their entire life and never think twice about. that. No clue. So, do you know how difficult it is to speak? A person, God forbid, a stroke patient or, or a special needs child is that, do you know how difficult it is to teach a person who lost his ability to speak, who never had the ability to, to speak? It's it's playing playing learning to play the violin is child game, in comparison to learning how to speak. Yeah, we all do it. Not like world geniuses. <laughs> we all do it. We do it naturally, unselfconsciously, blissfully unaware of what we're doing. We take it for granted. It's like we don't even think twice about it. It's no big deal. It's a no brainer. You don't have to consciously think about it. So this proves that letters and words are rooted in the, in the subconscious. They're rooted in the soul. And that's the difference between speech, human speech, and playing music, playing instruments, or parrot talking. A parrot talking... You teach the paras, like teaching someone to play piano, teaching someone to play violin, teaching someone to play... You create the sound. You create the notes. You create the words and the letters. But here, the words and the letters create the physical movement. The words and the letters precede the physical sound. It's the soul has letters and the soul is filled with words and letters. And when the soul wants to speak, the body automatically speaks. Expresses the letters of the soul. The soul thinks of saying Aleph. The body says Aleph. How you say it, you have no idea. You don't even have to think twice about it. The body is just a tool. It's just an expression of the soul. The body is so tuned with the soul, the soul wants to say Aleph. He say Aleph. Want to say base, the sound bays, you say base. It's the soul, it originates from the soul. Words are soulful. That's the difference between human speech and a parrot speaking. It's not like playing instruments, where you create through the sounds and the shape of the instrument, you create the word. That's technical, that's mechanical, that's a mechanical event. But this proves words and letters, as external and superficial as words and letters are, words and letters prove that we are not mechanical beings. We're not just biological, mechanical beings. We are souls. We are spiritual beings. The soul wants to speak and automatically the body speaks. It's not a conscious decision. It's not something you have to think about. It's not something you have to be aware. You're completely unaware, completely unself conscious. You just speak naturally. Completely oblivious to what just happened. How you said what you said. How you moved your lips and how you moved your tongue and how you moved, especially within each family itself. Boom, bays, vav. How do you get differentiating the bays and the vav? And it's all touching the lips. And you get the bays as one sound and vav is a different sound and mem is a different sound and pay is a different sound. Who even thinks twice about it? It just happens also, so, so naturally, unselfconsciously. And that's why the Torah refers to man as medaber. There are four categories. There's in inorganic, inanimate, stones, mineral, just exist, show no signs of life. Tzameach, organic life, which shows signs of life. Growth, Chai which is animal life, those signs of life, besides the fact that animals grow, animals roam, animals have a soul, animals feel, animals... And then you have middabra. the highest level is middabre, to speak. Man, which is unique, the crown of creation. The question is, it's true that we speak and that distinguishes us from animals, animals don't speak, but... A, yes, you have animals that do speak, you have parrots. B, is that the highest, the most distinguished quality of man the fact that we speak? The highest distinguished quality of man is that we can imagine, we can think, we can philosophize, we can uh, comprehend, we can understand, we can question, we can look at the whole and ask questions. No one else, none of the other creature, ask questions and thinks and philosophizes and understands and imagines think of the bigger picture and ask the question why, why am I here? What's the point and what's the purpose and what's this is all about? And what does it mean? We're the only ones who can ask those questions, we're the only ones who can laugh, we're the only ones who can who can blush. At least we used to. So why is that? So why is man called Medaber? The Torah should have called man sikhli, as he's defined in the English dictionary, in the Western dictionary. Rational animal? We can ration, we can think, we can imagine. And the answer is, because the ability to speak is what gives us a way that we are souls, that we are spiritual beings. It's an expression of our spirituality because speech is not just a mechanical event where you speak. Even though speech is so external, it's the most external part of the person. If you're alone, you don't need to speak. But speech, letters, words, are rooted in the soul of the person. And the subconscious of the person. And therefore the act of speech itself, the words itself are unself-conscious, completely unselfconscious, completely unaware and oblivious of how these words are formed or what happens. Your soul wants to speak, and your body automatically just says exactly what your soul wants it to say, without even any self-awareness. close, as complex as it is to speak. It's the most natural thing in the world. It's the easiest thing. Because it's a soul thing. Words and letters are rooted in the soul. And that's why words and letters actually are the deepest, come from the deepest place within the person. The fact that we're conscious and we have imagination and we're rational, we're intellectual, that's external, that's superficial. That's our conscious self. But the words and letters, even though they're the most external and appear to be the most superficial, they're rooted in our subconscious in a much deeper place than our conscious selves. It's the ultimate expression of our soul, of our spirituality, of our flexibility. Our need to communicate. Our ability to communicate. Our ability to step outside of ourselves. Our ability to communicate to another person find wholeness in the other person through words and letters and speech so speech and words and letters are rooted in the deepest deepest place that's why Talmud says the rabbi said I learned a lot from my teachers I learned even more from my colleagues I learned the most from my students why? because when you have to explain something in words when you have to communicate the need to communicate, the ability to communicate. When you have to put something into words, it opens up the fountains of wisdom. As brilliant as you are left left alone, it's still limited. It's your conscious self. It's only when you put that concept and that idea into words and you're able to communicate it, those words touch the deepest place within your soul and suddenly the fountains of wisdom open up and like a thousand fold it's, it's, it amplifies it it takes it to a whole new level it's so as brilliant as you were on your own it's nothing in comparison to when you have to explain it to your students when you have something and a concept you understand already very well on your own but when you have to explain it to your students now suddenly the understanding now is a whole different level because words and letters since they're so rooted in the subconscious they're so rooted in the soul in the depth of the soul the essence of the soul, which are much deeper than your conscious self. So it opens the doors of heaven, it opens the windows, it opens up heaven, it opens up your, your, your soul, it opens your mind. Suddenly you're able to access deeper dimension of understanding you would never be able to understand otherwise. So words and letters are rooted in the deepest place. And this is all to explain why the rabbis say, why the Zohar says, that letters, words come from chachma, from the highest. And which level of chachma? The highest level of chachma, the subconscious level of chachma, the essence of chachma, which we which we discussed at a great length the last two weeks. And that's why words are able to capture. Words properly used resonate and are able to capture something that's really beyond words, subconscious. It's the dot in the palace. It's marri- marrying and merging the left brain and the right brain. It's bridging the two brains. And that's why the joy is indescribable. They just discovered, they just came out. Everything is divine providence and we're learning the Tanya. They've been studying Einstein's brain for the last 60 years or so. And they finally discovered the source of his genius. I don't know if you saw this. It's because there's a part of the brain that links the right brain and the left brain. And by Einstein, they suspect by most geniuses, these connections are highly developed. Because most people, it's two separate worlds, the right brain, the left brain. But Einstein, they they were like the bonds the nerves connecting the two, very, very strong. The merging of the right brain, the left brain, it's the dot in the palace, it's words capturing something that's really beyond words. This is Ganet, this is the Garden of Eden, this is that pure pleasure of the divine, which is infinite and really indescribable and really beyond words, and experiencing the Garden, but in a way that you can absorb it, internalize it, capturing it in words. Capturing a word, describing the indescribable. Capturing a word, that, that that's really beyond words. And then it becomes an experiential knowledge. Not just knowing it, but experiencing. Knowing it with like every fiber of your being, every bone in your body. It's like a gut knowledge. A kishke knowledge, a knowledge which gets into your kishkes. Something that you know and you just jump up, you physically respond, and you just, it just hits you. It's not just a, a, a abstract knowledge. This is this pleasure is indescribable. Level of pleasure is pure bliss, pure pleasure. It's indescribable, and that's why the rabbis say that the chachm, that the the haba, the Garden of Eden, the world of pleasure, of sublime divine pleasure, which the soul gets to experience after its life in this world, to have, after having living a life of Torah and mitzvot, is created with the letter yud, which is the which is chachm. Because although it's really, it's the bina, it's understanding, it's only the soul understands. It's only when you can put it into words. If you can't put it into words, pure bliss, pure meditation, pure spirituality, then the soul disappears. There's no soul. Here we're saying the soul gets to appreciate and enjoy it. So it's primarily by understanding and grasping, and it has to come into words. If there are no words, then there is no soul, there is no entity, then there is nobody to enjoy. You just completely obliterate the soul from its being, and then there is no being. Gan is where the soul gets to receive its eternal reward, and the soul gets to enjoy and bask and in this infinite pleasure, and enjoy that pleasure. So it's able to it. it's able to experience it and grasp it in words. But at the same time, these are words, Not words that disconnect. But these are words that capture and merge and are married with this pure expression. How is that even possible? Because what's the root of words? What's the root of letters? The root of words and the root of letters are very deep. Come from the subconscious. Come from the very essence of the soul. soul is filled with letters and words. And that's why words are not external and superficial. Words don't have to be words that disconnect. And distance us from our soul. Because this is what happens naturally. Logi- people are very logical, are very verbose, and they're very brilliant. but there many of the words are soulless. a lot of words, a lot of understanding, but the more words, and the more logical you are, it takes you away from your soul. It robs you of your soul. It's like you become like a Dr. Spock, a brilliant machine, but you are a machine. It's not a real person. It's like an abstract computer. It's brilliant. But there's no soul and there's no heart and there's no... uh... So the more words just takes you away, distances you, disconnects you from yourself. But how is it possible to have words, to have Chabad and be completely soulful and filled with faith and filled with fire and filled with a simple faith and connection with the infinite and and that your mind should be on fire. See that bliss, that pleasure, pure pleasure in experiencing Godness, and yet being able to internalize it and integrate it. It's a paradox. It's wearing the circle. And the bliss and the pleasure is indescribable. But the reason why it's possible is because words and letters are actually rooted in the soul. They're soul words. Words are soul words. So words don't have to be deadening. Words don't have to... Your soul doesn't have to die. You become verbal and abstract and external. You don't have to distance distance yourself from your soul. Words can actually bring you closer to your soul, bring you closer to your center, bring you closer to your essence. Words could be magical. Poetry. Words could stir your soul. Words could touch you in the deepest place. That's the power of words and the power of letters. Because it's rooted in the deepest part within the person. So much so that we are called Madabra. That is our name. That is our characterization. That is our designation. It, that's even superior to the fact that we're intellectuals and imagination and awareness. This comes from, un, from our subconscious. Because words come from a place where we're completely unaware, unselfconscious. That's where words are rooted. In. That's what we're going to learn today.
0: This means the formation of the letters of speech, which proceed from the five organs of articulation, is not an intellectual process. The letters do not emanate from the soul.
1: That's the throat, the uh, palate is the uh, roof of the mouth, through the tongue and the teeth coming together, like gimbal, and the lips touching together. Beisva mempe the Aleph and the ches and the hay and the ayin come from the larynx the base vob, mempey the lips gimel yun chaf of l- the teeth coming together dalad tough, lamed nun test has come from the uh, the tongue hitting the teeth and the palate is zayin samach Shin, an ish, tzaddik, to it's the tongue touching the the uh, roof of the mouth, the palate. So I'm sure before today, <laughs> most of most, we probably never even thought twice about it. But these are the five five categories.
0: The letters do not emanate in the sole result of any intellectual imperative. It is also not inherent. In the nature of these organs, that they must pronounce the letters, by means of the breath and the sound that strikes them, by either a natural faculty or by an intellectual faculty.
1: Which means, when you make an instrument, so you carve the instrument in a certain way, and the wind will blow through this, if you blow it this way, through, it will make the sound, it's etched into the instrument. And when you blow the wind... You blow your breath through, through this hole, it's going to make this sound. You cover the holes, right? You play the flute, so you, it goes through this hole. It's carved in a way, the way the wind the wind will, the breath will go through this hole, it makes this and this sound. So it's already etched into the, into the wood or whatever, whatever the uh, material you made the instrument with, that this shape and this form gives off this and this sound. But in the case of a human being, it's not so, because the same lips make th- make different sounds, four different sounds. mempe. The same lips, so it's not like the the lips are. It's etched into the lips that when the breath will go through the lips, it's going to make one sound. So it's not like natural. It's like the. The lips were made in such a way that any sound that goes through it makes one the single sound. That's right. Now, although the difference between the bays vav mempe is somehow there's a difference how we put the lips together. We don't even think about it, but if you stop and think about it and you pay attention, the bays the b sound you put the lips in one way, the vav sound you put the lips together in a different way. The mem sound, you put the lips together a little differently. And the pay sound, you put together a little differently. But yeah, it's true. But still, it's not something you think about. It's not something you consciously make a decision. Okay, now I'm going to move my lips this way. Bass. To make the ba sound. In any language. To make the ba sound. The b sound, sound. And now I'm going to move my lips to make the v sound. The v sound. The v, or the m. The m sound. You don't think about it. It's unself-conscious, and again, it's not like playing instruments. When you play instruments, a the sound is already etched into the nature of the, whatever carved into the nature of whatever instrument you're using. So the note is already within in the nature of the instrument, and b you have to you have to consciously think what you're doing. To make music, you have to learn, you have to train, you have to practice. It doesn't come naturally. Everyone can speak, not everyone can play music. But you can argue, wait a minute. When a person plays music, after a while, a person who is a consummate professional, after playing for a long time, you don't even have to think about it. Your fingers just have the intelligence, and it just plays naturally without even thinking twice. You don't even need notes anymore. You just. So, so, you can say the same argument. You play music also on consciously, without any conscious thought. But that's a false argument. Of course, you have thought. But because you're so trained, you're so highly trained, that you can do it so quickly that you, that you don't even realize that you're thinking, because you already thought it out. You've already done it thousands of times. That in one split second, you already know exactly what you have to do. But initially, to get to that point, you had to think. Until you trained yourself, you highly trained yourself, until now, it's, it seems like it's automatic, but it's not automatic. There is a thought behind it, but you've already thought it, you've done it thousands of times, that you don't, it's, it happens so quickly that it appears as if it's natural. The consummate professional musician, it appears as if it's natural, it appears as if it's un, conscious, The person who's so professional that's why you love watching an athlete. You love watching um, because it appears so natural, so graceful. But you don't know the thousands of hours I went into it in the training. And it didn't start out that way. It started out so it appears to be natural. But the truth is, there is a thought. It just happens so quickly that you don't even notice it. But with speech, we never had to go through this process. Not that you had to train yourself, because it would take you years. You think studying violin is difficult? Okay, now let me move my li- I'm going to make the buzz sound, the B sound, in any, li- any language, the bass sound. Okay, let me now move my lips like this. Bass. Who even thinks about it? We never once thought about it. Not when we were children, and now we turn into adults. Bass. You want to say bass? You said bass. Once you were old enough to speak, to le- the words and letters just formed. Natural, unselfconsciously, without any training, without any, any deliberation, without any... You may have learned the names of the letters. A, B, C, D, E, F, C, olive, So you're learning the names and the vowels. But you're not learning how to speak. That comes naturally. That comes without a second thought, without a first thought. Completely unselfconscious. I have no idea. Oh I move my lips this way. When I say b sound, I move b. When I say the vav, I have to move my lips differently. When I say the mem, I'm moving my lips differently. Ask the average person. 99% of the human race, seven billion people have no clue what you're talking about. Who stops? Who even notices? You never once stopped to think about it. You never had to think about it. It's also natural. Unself natural. As complex, as difficult as it is, we never even once thought about it. The body automatically, the soul is ready to speak. The soul is mature enough to speak and the sounds just, the letters just form and they come out. Because it's soul. The body is just an expression of the soul. That's all it is. A symptom of the soul. The soul has letters, the soul has sound and the soul wants to express those words and letters and the body automatically just magically just the lips come together perfectly the bays exactly as the soul wants the lips to come together and makes that sound and makes that letter and utters that, that sound in the letter
0: with the lips for example by means of which the letters Be Ve Mem and Pe are uttered since the lips are the most visible of the organs of speech the altar rebbe chooses for his example of the letters which they form one can readily see that pronouncing these letters is impelled neither by the nature of the lips themselves or by the faculty of the intellect. Neither the nature nor the intellect compels the utterance of the four varying types of pronunciation of these letters in accordance with variations in the movement of the lips, which are moved by the same breath and the same sounds that strikes them equally. Since the letter they and the letter V, for example, are both formed by the same breath and the same sound, the distinction between them must be made by the movements of the lips. When the letter B is pronounced, the lips are pursed in one way, and when the letter V is pronounced, they are pursed differently. This is so One would expect that it would take a conscious, mental effort to move the lips in one specific manner to pronounce the letter B and in another specific manner to pronounce the letter V. If we were dependent on nature, the speaker would naturally want to move his lips in the different ways necessary for the formation of one letter or the other. And on the contrary, the change in the movements of the lips depends on the difference in pronunciation of the letters the soul wishes to utter by means of the lips. When it desires to pronounce the letter B or V or Mam or Pei, and the lips will instinctively and spontaneously move accordingly. It is not the other way around. It is the will and the intention of the soul to make a change in the motions of the lips as they are moving now in the utterance of these four letters.
1: Where does it start? Does it start in the physical? That the physical letters? Does it start in the body? In the physical? And as you're making the different sounds, the soul follows the body or is it just the opposite? The body is following the soul. Who is the leader here? Where where does it originate? Where do the letters originate? Is it just a physical function? A letter is just a physical function? Like playing music, playing the harp, playing the violin, which is a purely physical function, which is done with intent? Or... Is it a spiritual function, which originates in the soul, independent of the body? And the body merely carries out and expresses the will of the soul. So letters and words, he says, it's so obvious and self-evident. Letters and words give us away that we're spiritual beings. We're not physical, mechanical beings. Just operate mechanically. Because it can't even be explained through our intellect. Intellect has nothing to do with it. Brilliance has nothing to do with it. The function of speech is completely unself-conscious. Even though the speech and the words and the letters contain and enable us to be intellectual because we think in words and we comprehend in words and in letters, letters. Where does it originate? Where do words and letters originate? words and letters originate in the soul completely unself-conscious which proves that we are essentially spiritual beings this goes contrary to science 101 that tries to reduce man to a mechanical being and tries to explain everything in mechanical terms but speech and letters give, give us a way that we are not physical mechanical beings on the contrary we are essentially spiritual beings and the proof is it's so self-evident and so obvious when it comes to words and letters and to all the sounds that all seven billion of us, all of us, make, and we're completely, blissfully unaware, unself-conscious, what we just did, how we just did it, what just happened, how it happened, from the first moment when we started speaking to the last moment, unless you stop and think, and you don't even you're not even aware, and you don't even notice, or even realize how the complexity of speech and how simple feels to us now, natural. And we all do it. We don't all play violin. and We don't all play art. We don't all play piano. But all of us, not only the smartest of amongst us, everyone speaks. Speech is so much harder, so much more difficult. And yet, because it's not a mechanical event. Playing an instrument is a mechanical event. Speaking is not a mechanical event the soul the soul has letters the soul contains all these different sounds and the soul wants to express itself the body automatically unselfconsciously just expresses itself in this note this letter these words so it's the giveaway it's rooted even though as external and superficial as speech is it's rooted in our deepest self and it gives us a way, it reveals and exposes us for who we really are, that we are truly spiritual. And that's why mankind is called medabra. Speech, communication, it gives us a way that we are essentially spiritual beings and not mechanical events. Not machines. As if anyone today, knowing what we know today, that every one of us is made up of 100 trillion cells not talking about the atoms, how many atoms we have within each, but one hundred trillion cells. And today we know what a cell looks like because we put a cell under a microscope. Nothing likes it. Nothing like it exists in the external world. The engineering of one single cell is so wondrous. Imagine 100 trillion cells, everyone and they all work harmoniously simultaneously, if anyone could believe that we're just a machine and uh, it's just you know, we're purely we're souls we're spiritual beings and the body is just a, a free reflection of that reality but what exposes us and what reveals that all to see is our speech our words our letters how we speak how we formulate words how we formulate letters that's a giveaway anyone who's honest who's truly scientific and truly honest it's so self-evident it's so obvious any five-year-old child could see it that it's a purely spiritual phenomenon there's no logical explanation not the physical function. It's not an intellectual function, a rational function. It completely transcends the ego mind, the rational mind. It's directly rooted in our subconscious, conscious in our soul. In our and the soul wants to speak, and automatically you speak, without even thinking twice, without even knowing what you just done, what you just did. And the truth is, 99% of what happens in the body is unselfconscious. Simultaneously, there are thousands, if not millions, of events happening within our bodies. Simultaneously, there's no computer big enough to be even be able to describe what happens in our bodies simultaneously, and it all happens so perfectly. It, it just defies human logic and human. So to reduce a human being to just being a rational animal or a logical machine completely misses, misses the whole point. We are rooted in something that's beyond the rational. And these are the words and letters that contain the concepts. The concepts can't, without words and letters, where do these words and letters come from? They come from the soul. And that's why words are magical to us. Life is not just abstract. Two plus two is five. It's not pure science, pure mathematics, pure abstractions. Life is real. That's why the word, the whole world was created with words, with Hashem's words. Words are magical to us. That's so why we love to hear a story. We love to, why well, we respond to great literature, We respond to poetry, Because life is not just a mathematical equation. It's much deeper than just a mathematical equation. There's some words touch the infinite. Words touch the divine. Words touch the godly. And how ironic it is. How many sounds are there all together? 22. Letters, 22 letters. In the Hebrew alphabet. Out of these twenty-two letters, as we learn the Shari'at of Vamunna, second to uh, chapter eleven, miraculously, twenty-two letters, and how many books do we have written <laughs> based on these twenty-two letters? How many word, books of wisdom, almost infinite? How many musical notes are there? Eight. How much infinite music was put, Came out of these eight notes. <laughs> All of music came out of eight notes. All of wisdom and brilliance came out of twenty-two sounds, twenty-two letters, put together magically, and it's infinite. It's touching the divine. It's touching the infinite. Words, letters, are direct connection. That's what the Zohar says. The Father is the foundation of the daughter. The letters, which is the lowest, really comes all the way from the highest, is rooted in the deepest. It's touching the divine. That's the mystery and magic of words and letters. And every time we speak, it's really miraculous. But we, don't even, we don't even pay attention. We don't even realize. The miracle of speech. It's so miraculous that we, we, don't, even, we don't even notice anything. We don't even think twice about it. You think playing violin is difficult? Try speaking. We don't even think about it. It happens so unselfconsciously without a second thought. We don't even realize the miracle of speech. And it's so easy and natural. The soul does not at all intend or know how to intend to change the motions of the lips, which articulate those distinctions between the various letters. Since the soul neither intends nor even knows how to direct the lips to move in the manner required to form particular letters, it is obviously the mere desire to utter certain letters that results in the automatic movement of the lips in the appropriate manner. This is even more evident with the
0: pronunciation of the vowels. But when the soul wishes to utter the kamatz vowel,
1: the lips spontaneously become suppressed. So you have, for example, kamatz and pasach. It's interesting, in the Hebrew language, komets literally means to contract, likmotz That's what you do when you say komets. ka you contract your lips together, ka. If you put your lips together, ka, like this, you get the letter, the sound, o a Ah, it's called pasach, to open up. When you say ah, your lips open up, right? You tend to say open your mouth. Ah, say ah, you open your mouth. Pasach, you open. You open. Again, you don't sit and think, okay, now I'm going to close my lips. Now I'm going to open my lips. When you want to say ah, oh, you automatically, your lips form and form into an ah. Oh. When you want to, the soul says ah, when you want to say ah, you want to open up, you automatically, your lips open up and you say ah. So again, all of this is is done unselfconsciously, automatically. An expression of the soul. Not at all because of the will of the soul to express to open up. There is no need to go any further into a matter which is simple, comprehensible, and intelligible to every intelligent person. Yeah, if someone wants to argue this point, then he doesn't fall into this category. I mean, it's self-evident, it's obvious. <laughs> this is, if you stop and think about it, you realize The truth that this is this is how true it is. It's not something we're trained to do. It's not something we learned and acquired wisdom. All seven billion people are able to make all these vowels and letters and sounds. It's astonishing. It's speech is the most astonishing thing in the world. What's most astonishing thing about it is that, that we're not astonished. We take it so for granted. We don't even think twice about it. It comes so easy. It comes so natural. It comes so because we're completely on some kind. Not because it's not complex and not miraculous and unbelievable. The bays and the vov and the mem and the pei and the comets and the and the It's because it's rooted in the soul, and the soul wants to speak, and automatically it speaks without any second thought, without any awareness, and it seems so natural, and it is so natural
0: namely that the pronunciation of the letters and vowels transcends and app- the apprehended and comprehended intellect, but rather divides from the hidden intellect and the primordial stage of the intellect which is in the articulate soul. This is why an infant cannot speak, even though it understands everything, for speech does not result from revealed and apprehended intellect but from the more rare physical intellect which in the infant is yet to be developed.
1: Children could be smart, we see the intelligence, they want something, they're crying for something, they want something, they understand, I want this, and they go for it, and they cry, but they can't speak yet. Why can't they speak? They have the physical, everything is there, the harp is there, the piano is there, the violin is there. They have the lips and they have the tongue and they have, and they have the voice. Oh, the boy do they have the voice. <laughs> From day one they have the voice. <laughs> so everything is in place and they also have the intellectual awareness on their level. Whatever simple level they have. They want this. They want this toy. They want this food. They know enough or we're enough that crying, I want this. And they can't say it. They can't get it out of their mouth. Some babies speak earlier. Some babies are delayed in their speech. So what, why can't they speak? They have everything. They have all the equipment. They have the voice. They have the lungs. They have the breath. They have the intellect, the understanding, on their basic simple baby level. But enough, I want this. Why can't they say it? I want this. They can't speak. That proves that letters and words are are rooted in the soul. So yes, mechanically, they have all the mechanics. But since, maturity-wise, they haven't yet developed, they can't access the deeper levels of the soul, the level of the unself-conscious, the subconscious, since it's not fully realized by them, and it's not, it's not ready to be revealed, that's why they can't speak, they can't formulate the letters, they can't put the words together, they can't, it just doesn't come out. All they can say is ba, ba. They can't they can't they can't put it together. They don't have the soul maturity to put it together. So whenever the soul grows up and they have the soul maturity, then suddenly they're able to speak and start speaking. Children with special needs are delayed even more. Because again, they don't have that soul, the deeper levels of the soul, they can't access it. It's not on a conscious level, and therefore they can't speak, or they're delayed in their speech. And this also explains why you find there are some people who can't teach. They're brilliant, but they just don't have the ability to teach. Why not? Some teachers are less brilliant, but they're just gifted teachers. They just have this magical ability to communicate and to teach. What's the difference? Obviously it has nothing to do with understanding. Because this teacher, everyone will agree, even the great teacher will agree that this person is brilliant. Off the chart. Maybe off the wall, he's off the chart. Brilliant. And yet he doesn't have the ability to, to teach. The colleges are not paying him those mega bucks. Yale is not hiring him and Harvard is not hiring him. Even though he's acknowledged to be the biggest genius. And the other teacher, perhaps everyone agrees, is not as brilliant, but he's just a gifted teacher. a magical ability. Because again, the ability to communicate, the ability to words, find the right words, to articulate, to express, is rooted in a much deeper place. It doesn't come from brilliance. You're brilliant, you can understand it very well, But you don't have the words and letters to communicate it. You don't have the letters. You can't find the letters and the words to convey it, to explain it, to express it. That's why it was King Solomon who Hashem blessed with chachma, with wisdom. And he was the wisest of all men. He was able to explain everything with 3,000 parables. In other words, he was able to bring it down to one level and then bring it down to the next level and even talk to fools take the deepest concept of the fools this was a divine gift Hashem blessed him with the essence of wisdom he opened up his soul Hashem opened up his soul and suddenly the fountains of wisdom opened up and he was able to find the words and find the letters to express it to explain everything from one level to another level to bring it down 3,000 steps 3,000 levels removed from Solomon he was able to explain it even to that person who was so far removed from wisdom 3,000 steps, degrees removed from wisdom. He was even able to bring down the deepest concepts even on that person's level. This is a gift from Hashem. This is the essence of Chachma, the essence of wisdom, which is the subconscious which, which Hashem, Hashem opened it up to him. Opened it up. So that explains why words and letters has nothing to do with the intellect. A person can be brilliant but doesn't have any communication skills has no ability to communicate. You know, that's why, who is king? The communicator is king. One who is able to step outside of himself and get into someone else's shoes, and get into someone else's head, and find the words and letters to convey the concept to the other person's head words that the other person resonates with the other person, that's king. He is king. He wears the crown. And the crown is above the head. The crown is above the mind. The crown encompasses the mind. Because words and letters are rooted in ketter in the crown, in the subconscious, in the pleasure, in the will, in the pleasure, which is much deeper than just the intellect and the conscious and the awareness. That's why he has the ability to speak and to communicate and to reach other people, to touch other people.
0: This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.